Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is my music box. Can you hear the music? It plays for you. The music is calling for you to make a choice. My building has nine floors, and each leads to a very different place. My lift can go places you'd never expect, and it's waiting for you. Come along and take a ride on the lift. Find the lift at victoriaslift.com and also in iTunes at itunes.victoriaslift.com. everyone if you didn't know it already there is actually another place where you can find this show and several other awesome shows that's over at society-13.com society 13 is a podcast network includes podcasts that are story podcasts like the lift and the wicked library uh, you have talk show podcasts like dangling after dark with dick dangle paranormal podcasts like history goes bump if we don't have exactly 13 podcasts on that network, there's damn close to it. So I'm not going to list all the shows. Go over to society-13.com, find a new favorite, keep listening to The Ninth Story, of course, and please check out The Wicked Library and check out The Lift. If you're a fan of this show, you have to check out The Lift because Victoria's on it. It's her show, man. We've also added a blog roll over at society-13.com. So if you don't feel like listening to one of us drone on or tell you a story, you can also just read a fantastic blog post or a story. So head on over and check it out. I know you'll find something you love over there. Before you listen to this podcast, be aware this show often uses very naughty language. If you don't like that, you shouldn't listen. Send your complaints to I am a whiny baby with no sense of humor at nightstory.com or stop by the studio. I'll take you for a ride to a story of my choosing. Hey, Jeanette. What's up? What are we doing today? We're talking to Gwendolyn Pace. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, you are talking to her. Yeah. I'm going to lurk. Yeah. <laughs> What I did. <laughs> well, you weren't here whenever whenever she was in the studio, uh, virtually nope. or physically, and um, we had a we had a nice little chat about writing and it was a fantastic discussion about writing. It was. I re-listened to it today while I was driving home from Massachusetts, and I was like, "Wait, that's exactly the advice I needed." And I literally stopped at a uh, a truck stop. And then went and bought myself coffee, just sat there and like wrote for an hour. Really? Because an idea just like, uh, just burst into my head. That, that moment where she's like, you know, those first two pages of your story, throw them away just to start off with and start deeper into the story. I was like, okay. So now the first words of my story for the lift are shut up. Nice. (laughs) And it goes from there instead of they walked up to the thing. 
and they did some things and they sort of built up care, you know, boring. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's a good thing. You want the, you want like your first paragraph, your first page to, to be something that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I feel like it's in a more intriguing start place because of the conversation that you and Gwendolyn were having. And she's so damned adorable. She's just saying she's, she's a fun person. She's really funny. And uh, she knows her stuff. I mean, Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and it's like, I I'm constantly shocked whenever she says, you know, how short of a time she's been doing it. I mean, obviously yeah. she's probably been writing for years and years and years and years, but to get to the point where you take it seriously and you start to send your stuff out and have people look at it. So what's going on with you? What's new? Um, what's new? Well, I was up in Massachusetts to go to Weirdo Wednesday last night, which, uh, was at the Luna Theater, and that was a lot of fun. They basically just picked some random cult cinema classic, not even a classic, just like some bizarre horror slash sci-fi movie, and then they screen it for free. Um, and that was awesome. We ended up watching, uh, something called Hidden. Should it have stayed hidden? It's no, actually, it was fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) It's hit or miss with that some of that stuff. Oh man, it was a it was such a funny such a funny episode, not an episode, but a movie. I say episode because like half of the cast of Twin Peaks was in it. That's awesome. Um, (laughs) And they they all pretty much played the same characters, so it was really amusing to see them in like a sci fi horror movie, like on a murderous rampage. It was really entertaining. That's tremendous. Yeah. So they do that, what, once once a month or once every week or what? Every single Wednesday oh. they play something. It's like a three-hour drive for me, so I'll probably only do it like once a month, yeah. but, you know, it's fun. <laughs> we got some awesome artwork from you coming up for the Wicked Library. Heck yeah. And for the Lift, usually. I just added a part-time job on top of, like, actually – Getting back into YouTubing on top of, on top of, on top of. Oh, so you've taken, you've taken my advice well then, young Padawan. You've you've taken on way too much stuff. (laughs) Yes. Good for you. (laughs) But in a weird way, I feel like I'm more productive. Oh yeah. You're young too. You can keep track of things. (laughs) You haven't burned out all your brain cells like me yet. Yay. I am drinking gin at the moment, so I'm catching ah, up. Ah, well, fantastic. It looks like water, but it's not. It's not. It's gin. Ah. Oh, let me just, like, tap the microphone for a while. <laughs> I feel like I'm on Red Horse this Radio great now. great audio, right? Yeah. It's like we're on Red Horse Radio. You always hear a little bit of the clinking of the ice in the glasses. That would be, uh, I think he, I think we, we had a name for that. Is that just gin? Is that just, like, pure gin that you're drinking? Oh, God, no. There is some tonic in it. (laughs) Not a ton, but there's some. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't see many bubbles. It's really flat tonic water. (laughs) Ah, there we go. There's a few. There's a few. But mostly, mostly it's gin. You can kind of see like the cloud of alcohol floating in the middle. Yes. Oh, that's good stuff. Because I'm a classy lass. That's right. It was like 74 degrees out today. I was like, it's a G&T kind of day. It is. It's the, the, uh, the, the, the infamous pale horse, I think is what Dr. Yes. Towers named that. Uh, because, <laughs> he, But I think you have to drink it out of a mason jar for it to be considered a pale horse. Oh, I should switch to mason jars then. <laughs> you should. I can't talk. <laughs> you've had a little more gin than, than, than you've let on. Apparently. I guess. Who knew? And... Uh, 
quarter of an inch into that, I'd be slurring my speech <laughs> already. <laughs> Lightweight. Yeah. Hey, if you're going to be on the sleep. ninth story, you got to be able to put that booze down. Like the night oh, that you man. and you and I did uh, the interview with Nelson. And like I'm, yeah. I made it to the very end and I'm like, dude, I'm pretty wasted right now. <laughs> I, it's just like right on the edge of it. I'm like, I'm getting there. And when we finished, Nelson's like, how about I take you out to get you some food? I'm like, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> did you guys get wedgies? We did not. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I did. And I was, you know, it depends on how I said it. But uh, no, we went to uh, this wonderful place called Tom's Diner and uh, nice. had a, a big, uh, I don't know. I think I had some sort of, I don't even remember what I had. It was good. Whatever it was. Nice. I remember coming home and being like, yay, I ate food. <laughs> and then that's when you know you you're exactly drunk enough that's right like food was amazing <laughs> i don't remember what it was but <laughs> tremendous have i told you my jerk chicken story no but we should we should definitely include that <laughs> so once upon a time i was working on my first like big feature film and i was in way over my head um i was the production designer for it it's the first time i was ever given that job and i was like cool i'm gonna rock this and it was a very challenging shoot because there was a lot of new things I had to do, like run an entire team. So by the last day, exhausted. And on the last day, everyone's like, let's go out and get jerk chicken because there was this one Jamaican restaurant that the entire shoot, we kept saying, let's go get jerk chicken. It's going to be amazing. So, you know, thankfully my husband was driving because I couldn't have driven. I was so exhausted and we get there and you were drinking gin probably too. No, I didn't even drink any alcohol. I was just too exhausted for anything. <laughs> and I'm sitting at the at the table, and all I remember is like dozing off, waking up, and going, "Oh my god, jerk chicken!" and starting to eat. And then I would fall asleep <laughs> in my food, <laughs> and then wake up and go, "Oh, jerk chicken!" and then just repeat that for like an hour. <laughs> was it good? Yeah, it was amazing. I kept waking up and there's delicious food in front yeah. of me. <laughs> I thought I was dreaming, but here it is again. But, but here it is. Oh, my God. Jerk chicken. Oh, no. It's like Gary B. say, hey, you know what's in my mouth? Chicken. I'm going to line my pockets with foil so I can keep chicken in my pockets. That's delicious jerk chicken in my pocket. It's perfect that way. <laughs> it's the only way to keep it warm. So what was your favorite part about the interview we're about to listen to? Aside from the fact that it made you pull over to a truck stop and write nonstop for an hour. Good job, Gwendolyn. Yeah, Gwendolyn, you got me, uh, got me to like get past that little writer's block I had there. Cause I was like chunking through it. Um, that's what the ninth story is all about. Jeanette, if we can help one person, even if that person's you (laughs) to pull over and get some work done. That's right did your job. Yeah, that that was a fantastic interview. I really enjoyed hearing about her editing process and about the anthology that she's working on. Mm-hmm. Um and her poor husband. <laughs> I feel his his illustrator pain. Yeah. Um <laughs> cheer. <laughs> that may have been one of my favorite parts is cuz like I understand his pain. <laughs> yeah. So, we will move on and have our interview with Gwendolyn Kaistor. I will. And you'll everybody blah, 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 blah. What am I? See, this is why we edit. <laughs> Keep it in. I, Keep it in there. Just, just, yeah, just, just, we, now we're moving on to our interview with that. Blah, 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 yeah, I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. It's been a long day. Oh, jerk chicken. 
Today, my guest is Gwendolyn Keist, and uh, Gwendolyn and I have collaborated on a few different projects, and we, we talked about this a while ago whenever we did your story for the Wicked Library, so I thought it was finally time to try to set up an appointment and get you in the studio so we yeah. could talk and stuff. Yeah, um, exciting. Yeah. Well, you know, part of it, too, was is that for a little while, Ninth Story was kind of on the back burner because I was focused on the lift and the Wicked Library, and yeah. um, I didn't want to do a lot of interviews and just like have people wait months between episodes <laughs> yeah, and go, yeah. oh, I'm not listening to that show anymore. <laughs> so uh, hopefully the true fans are still here because we're starting season four. And um, so Gwendolyn, you are a writer and you are an editor and uh, you write for the lift. You've written some stuff for the wicked library. Yes. What else do you do? <laughs> I feel like that's all I do is write. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All short fiction so far. It's all been short fiction so far. I also have things out in Nightmare, Shimmer, Lamplight, Sanitarium. So wow. trying to get trying to get stuff out there as much as I can. So I love the short form. I mean, I I, I'm yeah. finding that I like it a lot more. It's it seems yeah. like now I do have a novel that's been sitting fermenting for a while. <laughs> um, I figure that it's going to grow like mold or fungus. <laughs> love that that's great <laughs> so if i leave it alone long enough it will just be and when i go back to it, it'll be done it'll just be done that's exactly right. all the ideas are up here you know i'm just telepathically sending them to the page um but i have found i mean one of my one of my struggles always was with the short form every time i wrote a short story or tried to write a short story it always felt like it was part of something bigger like i could uh. never end it you know um and and so i really over the last couple of years was focused on trying to get the short form down and I've found that I actually like it a lot more. I mean, I've always liked anthologies yeah. and collections mm -hmm. um, almost more than novels to a certain extent. Because the novels, no, novels, uh, you know, the long haul. I yeah. mean, there's some great writers and I've read really great novels. Yes. Um, but I like the variety of a collection. Exactly. That's how I feel. Like, I, I, there's some novels I've absolutely loved, some horror novels that are fantastic. But I've always gravitated towards, towards multi-author anthologies because you get such a different flavor in, yeah. in all the stories. So I completely agree. Yeah. And it's nice because you can you can sit down and you can read them in bite-sized chunk. I mean, exactly. you can read an entire story in a sitting. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I've found, and maybe this is just me, but the things that stick with me the longest in terms of stories and the things that make me think about them days and even weeks after I've read them have always been short stories. Yes, that's how I've always been as well. I, I started reading short stories when I was very young, horror short stories when I was like eight, nine, ten. And awesome. those those are the things that have just totally stuck with me and, and gotten <laughs> under my skin. I, I So much of it, I think horror does so well in those sort of small bite-sized things because yeah. I, I think – Obviously, there are great horror novels, but mm -hmm. I think it's so it's so great to have something that's like a punch. It just yeah. like punches you and then it's done and then you're just stuck with that and it just lingers. You so. can really focus on like a certain particular flavor of dread that way. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, so eight years old. Well, you and Victoria would be great friends. Then. <laughs> I like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your anniversary. 
Um, and, and your husband's in studio today. He decided he, he was going to just sit in and listen, so we don't have a microphone for him. Um, but I'm not talking about that anniversary. I'm no. talking about your uh, first rejection or your first attempt to get published. Yes, right? yes. It was uh, two years ago this month that I sent out my first short story submission. And, and yes, it was rejected. The second one, though, I sent out was accepted. So I feel like that that's good. It wasn't too long. But... That's 50-50 ratio. <laughs> exactly. That's right? great. But yeah, I, I was I was just looking at uh, the calendar recently and looking back at my records. I'm like, oh, I need to do something to celebrate this. So I just like put out a blog talking about, you know, <laughs> all the things I've learned and, and trying not to get bitter. Did you guys go out to a nice day? Dinner, pour some champagne. Exactly. Burn exactly. your first short story. <laughs> did you did you end up getting that published? Yes, or? I did. I did. Yeah, it was just a, a small. Uh, it's called exchange student. It was about a, a, a date between an alien exchange student and, and a guy, and it was it's just a funny short. Hilarity thing. ensues. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Hilarity ensues. But it, it's it's a fun story, I think. So yeah. So what? Uh, if you don't mind me asking, what did it get rejected for? What was the reasoning? Did they say or did they, they, they just they say, they no thought, thanks? They thought it was really cute and it was fun, but it, they they personally said that they just never crossed the line to being totally hilarious for them. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, you know, because the place I submitted it, it was, it was specifically for comedy science gotcha. fiction. But, yeah. So what, uh, so how long did it take you after you got your first piece published to just feel like you were truly succeeding and, 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 and being a writer. Oh, wow. That, that's, that's a rough question. Because some days, you know, you're like, eh, I really don't know about this, you know. But I would say maybe six months, maybe yeah. a year when I was like, okay, I've gotten enough things out there. People have responded at least somewhat positively. <laughs> I love it because, like, I've gotten into some some journals that get reviewed and, like, mm -hmm. tangent and, and bigger, bigger places. And it, it's so hit or miss because it's about 50% of the time the reviewers at these places are like, this is a good story. And half the time they're like, this was pointless. So it's like, <laughs> even once you get into bigger places, yeah. then you have a whole nother set of, of, of challenges because then you have people like, yeah, I don't understand why this got yeah. <laughs> There's always a critic out there, right? It's true. It's true. It's totally true. It's I should I should very briefly though give a shout out to Quick Sip Reviews because he is a reviewer. He reviews everything and he's he's a much more diplomatic reviewer than most mm -hmm. of these reviewers. He's not bitter yet. So Charles <laughs> seems like a really great guy and really tries to engage with the material, so I need to give That's him tremendous. props. <laughs> Not bitter yet. Not bitter yet. I don't know that's where, right. where where that's going to go in the future, but hopefully it'll never be better. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's funny because I've talked to, you know, critics of of movie and film and uh, of literature before. And it's uh, it, it's interesting to me because I think a good reviewer reviews it based upon its merits. It's not. Yes. Yeah. It's, you know, like, for instance, the review that I find annoying and silly is. Well, I don't like werewolf stories, but, yeah. you know, yeah. if you don't like werewolf stories, <laughs> then don't read this story because you're not going to enjoy it. Exactly. Um, I don't like yeah. horror, but yeah, because I read this story, you know, that's the, you know, it's like if, if you're in the genre, you have to look at the, the story for what it's supposed to be. Exactly. And exactly. is it supposed to be a comedy? Yeah. Is it supposed to be funny? If it's not funny, then it fails. Yeah. And that's a fair point to review yeah. if it's supposed to be scary and it doesn't scare you then yeah. why doesn't it scare you yeah uh why might it scare me instead because i think that's also very personal i mean yeah that's the hard thing about 
stories and, and writing is we all bring our own baggage to the story. So, Absolutely. you know, I might read something. I think it's fantastic because it speaks to me on a certain level. Mm-hmm. But if somebody doesn't have the same experiences, they may not get it. Exactly. Um, it's really hard to get that story that speaks to a large audience. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's probably why, I mean, a lot of times people say, well, you know, you shouldn't, you know, pigeonhole yourself into a particular genre. But if I'm writing a horror story, and this person doesn't like horror, that's actually helpful to be labeled as horror, you know, because <laughs> yeah. it keeps the people, people away that aren't going to like it anyways. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yes. And there's so much in the horror genre. That's one of the things with, you know, Wicked Library that I've noticed is that and, and that's kind of been a, a deliberate thing. I tried to feature a lot of different types of horror. So I mean, yeah. from the traditional ghost story, the British ghost story up yeah. to the slasher fiction, up to the stuff that's, you know, pretty challenging even for me to to get through. Um, <laughs> I like that. I always <laughs> love the word challenging. I have a friend who works in the art and arts industry and is always like, that's what people say when it's like, yeah, I'm not fond of it, but it was challenging. <laughs> yes. Well, there, there have been a couple of stories that just, I mean, obviously I bring my own taste to the table, but yeah. that's one of the things that I think has been fun about doing the Wicked Library is I've learned to kind of expand that a little bit. Plus, I've also gone into it with the the mindset that th- this story is not necessarily for me. It's yeah. for the audience. Yeah. Um, you know, because there's some like I have a personally, I have a really hard time with stories that have a lot of sex in them um, <laughs> and that are that can can be, you know, somewhat violent. Yeah. Um, but as long as my philosophy has always been as long as it moves the story forward yes. and there's a purpose to it, exactly. Um, then there's a reason for it to be there. Yeah. And sometimes I have to dig really deep into my dark side <laughs> to perform some of the stories. Yeah. But it's worth it. I mean, I think that, you know, whenever it's done, uh, you know, somebody gets some joy and some enjoyment out of it. And I think it's it's cathartic, too, to go through that. Yes, I, I think so. I think horror, that's one of the great the great things about horror is how cathartic it can be, how much it can really get out those dark things that I think everybody yes. carries with us. It's just, you know, a lot of people don't want to talk about it. Right. So I think that that's <laughs> definitely a perk to be in a horror fan and a horror writer. So It's one of the things that's always funny to me is people think people have a certain conception of what horror writers are. Mm-hmm. And what they look like and who they are and, you know, how macabre they are and that type, type of thing. But most of them are, at least in my experience, everyone that I've met so far that's a horror writer or speculative fiction or however mm-hmm. we want to yeah. term it, it's some of the nicest, most well-adjusted, <laughs> well-balanced people that I've ever met because yeah. they get all that they, gunk they, out. Exactly. They get it all out. So <laughs> I would agree with that. I would absolutely agree with that. Yeah. So how is editing different? Now, you've done some anthologies. You did, what was it called? A Shadow Shadow of of Autumn. Autumn. Yep, A Shadow of Autumn. Yeah, that was the Halloween anthology I did last year. We'll talk about that, too, because I know you're a big fan of Halloween. I am. I am. (laughs) So what is the biggest difference for you working as an editor as opposed to working as a writer? It it more just feels like it's it's kind of coming in at a later stage because when I when I write a story, then I'll go through my own stuff and edit it extensively. Mm-hmm. So it just feels like I'm sort of coming into that place. But at the same time, wanting very much to preserve what the author was trying to say. It can't be what I want to say. You know, when I'm editing my own stuff, it's like, okay, this is what I want to say. But when you are looking at an at editing somebody else's work, you know, you got to preserve that. You've got to preserve it. And I'm, I'm a ruthless editor to like my own stuff and to yeah. other people's stuff. And sometimes that's, I, I've upset some authors before. <laughs> that's always the fear, isn't it? 
because we know how much it hurts when we yeah. when we get that type of feedback yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Um, but I think we come as we mature as writers to the point yes. where we're like, I want the bad stuff. Yeah. I may be pissed off for five minutes. And that's what I always tell the writers. I'm like, you can be angry at me. I, I totally get that because yeah. I'm not, I don't live in this like Pollyanna world where it's like, oh, they'll never get mad at me. I think some <laughs> editors still feel that way, yeah. that they're just like, oh, you're, you're fine with this. No, nobody's fine with right. it. But if, if you can kind of get that out and be like, wow, I really hate this Gwendolyn right now. And then come back to it and be like, okay, I, I see what she's saying yeah. there, you know? And if they don't, I'm not saying I'm a hundred percent right. And right. I've had people say, you know, I'd really like to leave this in for this reason it's like you know what i hadn't thought of that absolutely we'll we'll take it back the way that it was so it's yeah. it's hopefully the process is sort of give and take and, and working <laughs> together sometimes i've had people like i said get mad at me <laughs> well yeah I, I mean that's the thing is like i used to i used to have a problem with that i mean early on and and as i've done more and written more I learned to appreciate it more, you know, the, because it's all it does is make you a better writer and, yeah. and makes the story better. Yeah. And like you said, sometimes that's just the baggage that the person reading it being the editor is yeah. bringing to the table as yeah. well. And if you can explain it, yeah. you know, sometimes it makes sense. So that doesn't mean you are, I think I, there's a difference between explaining a couple of things and arguing with your editor, which yeah. is always, yeah. it amazes me that, I mean, I've talked to other editors and that amazes me that people do that, that they're just like, well, you know what you don't understand about this is. Yeah. And in my opinion always is like, just let it go this time. And if this person doesn't work with your style, just don't submit there again. Don't work yeah. with them again. Don't, don't get into this huge match with them over it or just pull the story say you know i think we have different we have different visions for this right and, and let's let's go our separate ways there's nothing wrong with that right. either but be pro be professional as you can be about it don't don't yeah <laughs> don't go crazy <laughs> it's one of the stories that i recently submitted i i had some feedback and there were a couple things that that i kind of felt a little bit differently about but they weren't major enough that it changed the story. Yes. And, and that, that to me, that's the story is always the master. Absolutely. And if it, if it really altered the character, it really altered the story that yes. I might have some concerns about it, but yeah. they were so, it was more like a thing that I liked, you know? Yeah. And, and that's the thing is like when you're writing for a larger audience, you're not just writing for yourself. You write for yourself first. Exactly. But Absolutely. you can, you have to adapt it. <laughs> yeah. Others. You have to, you have to realize it's not just going to be you and your immediate family reading it right. at, or at least hopefully it won't yeah. just be, if it gets published, hopefully there'll be a few people you don't know reading it. So exactly. Yeah, so thinking, thinking of those. <laughs> And I kept a version of the one that I liked. So maybe someday, you know, whenever yeah. it's out of contract, exactly. I can always say I, the author's preferred version yeah, of or this. Or a slightly different version of this yes. appeared in this, you know, first printing. <laughs> this one, the person lives at the end. No. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, it's something something major like that would be a story change. So, yeah. 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 Um, so when you're editing these stories that others are submitting, what are some of the, the, the most common things that you see that writers do? I don't want to say wrong, but <laughs> what's the thing that they they do? You see most often that that is maybe could be done differently or challenges that they have in their <laughs> submissions. Something I think most people do, and I do this as well as a writer, is there is way too much filler at the beginning, mm -hmm. and and that's something that you know you'll have a page or two sort of a throat clearing. I've yes. heard other editors say yes. that it's like this has nothing to do with the main point of the story. So that that actually has challenged me because I'm a, I've done slush pile reading at sanitarium mm -hmm. as well, and that's even though a lot of times we don't as the slush pile readers edit the work, it's still something that you see as you're deciding. You know, yes, let's pass this up to the editor, or no, let's not. 
lot of it does have to do with those beginnings and how how boring a lot of them are. Yeah. And, and it does challenge you then as a writer to go back to your own stuff. And I look back at some of my early stuff and I'm like, yeah, I could have started that a little bit later. And I always <laughs> think like, start it as late as you possibly can. Yeah. And if you realize after the fact you started a little too late, it's easier to just kind of add a paragraph back yeah. at the beginning than be like, oh, wow, I have three pages that nothing happens. <laughs> that's bad. That's really yes. bad. So that that's something that I think think happens. Or that somebody will start a story and then you'll think it's going one way, and then it turns out they're actually telling a totally different story in the first three pages. So it's not even that the first three pages were boring. <laughs> they were just like a different story. So it's like, ah, uh, we got to we gotta trim this now yeah. and try to get it on track. So <laughs> <laughs> Try to start the story with something that's actually happening. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, and that's the way that I mean, when I read stories, too, that's what I look for. The stories yeah. that within the first paragraph, I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I, you know, I gotta, I gotta find out more about this. Yeah. Not, okay. So we're with Sally now and she's <laughs> headed. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. Something's going to happen soon. Um, okay. I'm with you for now. Oh, really? Sally's still doing that. Oh, come on, Sally. Please put that down and move along. Which, okay. Get in the car, Sally. That's I know. right. It's always, it's always driving or walking. Yeah. And I have to be careful of that because like I do that in my own stories, like midway, not usually at the beginning, Midway's okay. midway through, but, yes. but that can get, that can bog it down. It's like, it oh, so-and-so is walking across town again. Yeah. <laughs> or they're driving across town again. Yeah. So that's, that's always, that's always <laughs> a danger. I'm working on a novel right now. Fingers crossed that it'll, it'll get to completion. And like, awesome. there's a lot of, there's a lot of walking at points. And I'm like, I like, I was going to, I have a chapter I'm working on now, and it was going to have a lot more of her, like, walking across town through this festival. And I'm like, no, 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 just get her home. Like, yeah. they, they, it's fine. Like, you've already showed her walking. Like, we're good. Unless something People significant is, unless you're exactly, being chased, right? Exactly. Like, or chasing someone. Yeah, like, let's just get her home. Okay, she's home. <laughs> they can fill in the blanks that she walked there. We're good. Right. Like, you can trust your readers. I think that's, that's a big thing. People yeah. don't trust readers that they're going to be able to figure it out. I remember um, I listened to this. Writer's Digest tutorial, and the person was saying that, you know, trust your readers. You don't have to say the phone rang. So and so stood up, walked across the room, picked it up. <laughs> it's like the phone rang. It was Bob. Like, you can yeah. just say that. Like, the, they'll figure out that the person, like, walked across the room yeah. and picked up the phone and listened to the person. We've all done it, right? Yeah. The stuff that, and you yeah. know, that's one of my things, too, that's always been my favorite is. The less you tell me yeah. sometimes, the more I connect with it. Exactly. Um, and yeah. I always like the barn example. Like if I say there was a barn, uh, you you have a preconceived notion of what a barn looks like. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't do exercises on the show. Or if I did, I'd be like, so, Gwendolyn, what's your barn look like? <laughs> um, but, you know. I love it. <laughs> some barns are, you know, that old uh, worn wood. Yeah. Others are going to see a, a red barn. The, yep. the less details that I can give you in some situations, the more you personally connect to the story. Yes. And can yes. see it. Exactly. Um, because if I describe my barn and it's not what you see as a barn, you're going to be like, well, yeah, okay. Yeah. I guess it's, yeah. We, I've seen barns like that before. Yeah. Um, yeah. But sometimes you do want the, you know, the, the deep details. Exactly. As well. If, if that's significant to the story, but otherwise right. just leave it alone. Like yeah. we'll figure it out. <laughs> So how has it been writing your novel? How far along are you so far? Uh, about a third of the way. About yeah. a third of the way. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty good, I think. That's <laughs> not bad. It's further than I've made it before. I, I try and then I'm like, I'm bored with this. This one I'm not <laughs> bored with. I've cut out all the extraneous walking and yeah. we're good. <laughs> Excellent. So have you had any bumps in the process? How has it differed for you than writing the short form? 
I mean, obviously, other than it's a marathon instead of a sprint. But. Yeah, yeah. It. I like we like we said earlier. There are some great novels out there, but there are some really terrible ones. And and I swear, I I seem to find more terrible novels than I even do terrible short stories. And I can't publish traditionally too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's what's really like whoa. <laughs> and I can't stand when I open a novel and there's a whole chapter and like nothing's happened. I mean, that's worse than in a short story. Oh, yeah. And there's a page <laughs> because at least a page you can get through pretty quickly. Right. You're through it in a couple of minutes or less, but. Yeah, I mean, there's some there's some ones that have even been really popular in the last year that I like. I'll, I'm terrible because I'll go to Amazon and I'll I'll read the the opening snippet, and if I like something, I'll absolutely buy it. But if yeah. I read like five pages into something and nothing's happened, and <laughs> I'm just like, how did this get published? Like how? And then I'll ask people who actually were a fan. They're like, yeah, it opened really really slow. That's not good. That's <laughs> not good, guys. Like we gotta no. we gotta really care more about our readers than to have really, really boring intros. Yeah. I mean so. novels are different where you can slow things down and you can get a little deeper. Yes. But it, it's not in your first chapter, in my opinion. That exactly. It's fine if it comes a little bit later once yeah. you know these people and once you're invested. But yeah. if you're not invested yet, I don't want that's 20 right. pages of nothing happening. I'm not ready to hang out with you yet. I don't know <laughs> that, you. That's a great way of, that's great. I'm going to use that. That's exactly it. It's like, I don't know you. I don't want to hang out with you yet. Like, I need to get to know why I want to hang out with that's you right. before I'm going to hang out with you. That's great. That's I'm so going to use that. That's exactly how I'm going to think it's about it. It's all yours. <laughs> so your novel, um, do you want, I mean, is it too early in the process to talk a little bit about what, what you're, what you're taught, what you're doing with it? <laughs> what I'm doing with it as in Well, you know, just kind of like your or? your 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 elevator pitch for it. Let's say it's too early right now. Okay. I'm, I'm always scared to like jinx it. Yeah. I, I think it's funny though when people like vague books things like they're a spy. Yeah. I'm not a spy. I'm just superstitious. <laughs> like this is not that I think like, oh, I'm so cool, I'm not going to tell you anything. I'm like, if I tell you there's a chance that next week I'm gonna be like, I'm done with this novel. That's I'm, right. I'm angry at it for some reason. We're fighting <laughs> and I don't want to talk about it and I don't want it to have been on ninth story bragging yeah. about it if we're fighting. Uh, we're we're going through a trial separation <laughs> exactly, right now. Exactly. We're we're seeing other people. Someone else is writing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Yes. Well, that's the, that's the other thing is like, um, well, it's about a guy and, uh, you know, oh, someone stole my idea. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I never worry about that either. Yeah. Some people get very, very, very worried about that. And I mean, it could happen. I'm not, I mean, I don't want to minimize plagiarism, but I'm, yeah. you know. There are no new ideas, though. I mean, we're all exactly telling the same it. three we stories. We're all telling the same story. It's yeah. about bringing a unique voice to it and, and bringing unique details and unique writing. That That's what it is, not so much the individual So stories. my character, he, he's, he starts out and he goes through some challenges and <laughs> He manages to overcome some of them, but he learns something in the process. <laughs> Things change for him. And in the end, something bad or something good happens. Exactly. That's right. Um, it, it's, it's, it's thrilling. It's a, it's a roller coaster ride. You're really going to enjoy it. Look for it soon. <laughs> so what's your favorite short story that you've, you've written so far? Oh, wow. Out of all the ones I've written so far. Oh. Which child is your favorite? I know that's terrible. You're terrible. <laughs> You're awful. How about I rephrase the question? Um, 
What are your three favorite stories that you've written okay. and for what reasons? Okay. What did you learn from those three okay. that made them your favorites? Well, let's start with the one the Wicked Library did. I love okay. Audrey at Night. I oh, love yeah. Audrey at Night. I, I think one of the things with that one was, it, I think it's one of the scariest stories I've ever written, which is exciting as a horror writer, because sometimes <laughs> my horror is more like this kind of melancholy horror. It's not, you know, jump out and scare yeah. you horror, but there are definitely some like jump out and scare you moments in Audrey at Night, which is like, yes, I can do this. I can do this kind of traditional sort of almost like throwback horror because a lot of horror now seems much more of that sort of quiet horror which i personally love but it's fun to know that at least you know in my in my toolbox i can do that i can do that kind of very very creepy it's also a very complex story because a lot of what you think is going on is not actually what's going on yeah, that that's what I'd hoped people would say about it. I, I never want to say that. That's what my husband said when he read it, but I always think he's biased. <laughs> well, he's allowed to be biased. That's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, so definitely that one. I, I love that one. And then I love the one that N- Nightmare published in September, 10 Things to Know About the 10 Questions. I enjoyed I enjoyed writing that one. It's a, it's a non-traditional uh, structure because it actually has a a questionnaire throughout it, a psychological questionnaire, which I got to use my psychology degree. Yay! Seven years working on that graduate degree. I could use it in my writing. (laughs) But it was integral to the story because that was a big part of what the story was about, was, you know, segregating people if if they answered so-called wrong, you know, Uh, on the question. That's always the problem is who who gets to decide what's wrong and what's right. Exactly, exactly. So that's episode 608. I was looking okay. it up in case people uh, want Audrey to go over I, to yeah, thewickedlibrary.com forward slash 608. Yes. I, I love that one. And you you just did an awesome job. But that, that was well, so you. exciting. I was so excited. I think that was the first time anyone did a podcast of my work. So it was yeah. very, very exciting. It was terrifying, though, too, because you don't know. <laughs> you have no idea. I mean, I'd listen to the Wicked Library yeah. and it was great. But when it's your stuff, you're like, oh, oh, no, oh, no. What's going to happen? I got to play two different women in that episode, too, which is <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> it's like um, uh, Caitlin Marceau, who, you know, yes. um, doing her story was was a lot of fun for me, too. But that was the one of the early stories that I did. And it, it really I wanted to do it because it just affected me so deeply. Um, like whenever I read it, I got really emotional, even like performing it. It was like impossible not to be. And that's one of the things that your story had as well. But the thing the two have in common is that hers is all in the mind of a female character. So yeah. I'm like, okay, so I got to read this entire story and I'm a woman. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so that's one of those challenges that I was talking about earlier on is, is, you know, accepting the fact that, okay, they're just going to have to eventually realize that, you know, even though I'm only raising my voice a little bit, I'm being a woman now. Um, and I never want to do, Oh, hello. My yeah, name's that's, Sonny. That's, that's the worst. I've actually heard, like, I've like listened to audiobooks where people yeah. do that. I'm like, don't do that. Like, we'll get it. We're, yeah. We'll get it again. Trust your reader or your listener in this <laughs> right. case. We'll get it. So what did you learn from that one? The what 10, was it 10? It was called 10, 10, 10 things to know about the 10 questions. You like those long titles and we'll get into that later too. Not always, <laughs> but yes, sometimes, sometimes. Audrey at night's short. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And now I'm trying to decide like what the next one, like what the last one should be. Because all the red apples have withered to gray, another long title, is, yeah. is in the current issue of Shimmer. And, of course, that's on my mind. And I love that one. But then I also love The Man in the Ambry that I wrote. That's, yeah, my husband. Uh-huh. They're nodding. My, my, my family that's, loves that one. And that's one you submitted for yeah. next season of The Wicked yeah, Library. Don't tell people that because if you reject it, now everyone's going to know. You're like, eh. Well, eh. I, 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 have two people, I have two people in the room that, well, I know it's going to be good. <laughs> 
love it. Um, <laughs> I, I've, I've what one, two, three, four. I've read four stories of yours. Well, I performed three of them so far. Yeah, Cindy did one. Yes. Um, but I mean, they're all good. I know that you write well, so I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's. And your husband's sitting here nodding his head. So I guess that's the one I'm going to pick to do. If everybody I, loves it, I, I then... love. I love that one. That that one's great. It's it's in letter format. It's epistolary, which is great that you have a reason to use the word epistolary. I feel awesome. like we should all be using that word more. But I I love that one. And then I also love the Clawfoot Requiem, which was in Lamplight. So I yeah. Don't know. There's so many that I love. They're my baby. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and I also hate when I listen to writers talk about their own stuff, being like, oh, I love them all. I'm like, shut up, writers. And now I'm doing it. So if somebody wants yeah. to punch me over it, I totally understand. <laughs> Please don't punch me. But if you want to, I understand. Just, yeah, you can think about it. Just don't, actu- don't actually do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can virtually punch me. That's fine. That's right. We don't want to. We don't, we don't want any fistfights here in the studio. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so you heard here, folks, uh, next year or not next year, later this, later this year, this fall, season seven of the Wicked Library. What? The man. The man in the ambry. The man in the ambry. What is an ambry? It's a, like a closet. It, it, I, this ah. is something I learned while I was writing it. It's, it's like a British form of sort of like a closet or like a, a cubby Is it hole. very British? This episode? Not really. Not, not super British. Hello. That was fun. I did find it ironic because one of the places that took it was the Chilling Horror Short Stories Anthology from Flame Tree Publishing, which is based in the UK. So I thought wow. I'm sure they know what an Ambry is. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you the question that, that all the people that want to be writers are going to ask. Where do you find all these places to get yourself published? Just searching constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any resources that you like to use? I I use. I'm not asking you for like, what's your secret? (laughs) You can ask me that. I don't care. What's your secret? (laughs) I use Duotrope. I know a lot Uh of people don't because you do have to pay for it. And I think Submission Grinder is very similar. I think if you use Submission Grinder, it's almost exactly the same. And it's free. Grinder. Yeah, but I love Duotrope. You can report, you know, your your acceptances and rejections on there. And it you know, you can track how long places are taking to get back to you and, and you know, what places pay or at least, you know, non paying tokens, semi pro. So do these do these are these tracking as well as submission yeah. tools? You yeah. can submit through them or or you get a list and Yeah, you, can... you get a list and then they, they give you the link that then you can go over to the to the website so yeah i mean i get a lot of a lot of stuff there i get a lot of stuff off uh horrortree.com and then darkmarkets.com those are great and just trying to pay attention to what people are posting a lot of people share things that aren't on any of them i actually try to do a monthly uh submission roundup on my blog just i know things that i've found that i think people will find interesting i try to be helpful i don't want to be that horrible writer that's just always talking about herself I'm like here let's let's all submit here and then people are probably like stop it i submitted there already and you're telling more people about it be quiet <laughs> gwendolyn <laughs> yeah that's um uh so yeah mr conover is uh Runs runs horror yes, tree, yes. and uh, he actually is going to have an episode in next season of the Wicked Library. Oh, great! We've been we've been asking him for quite a while because we know he's a writer too. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, Come on, send us a story, would yeah. you please, for the love of God? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was the Christmas episode, right? That's what got. Oh, him. the Christmas episode was so much fun. That was such a fun episode. I loved listening <laughs> to that one. There were so many great, great stories on that. I was so excited yeah. to have mine be among them. So that I've was been fun. twisting Nelson's arm for a long time to give us the librarian's origin story. So I'm glad that he oh, okay. he did it yeah. for this season. Yeah. You know? 
And uh, of course, your story was fantastic. It was a, <laughs> that was the first story that I read for the the episode. Okay, because out of all of them, and nothing against any of the other stories, but that was the one that I was like, "This is just 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 fun." Yeah, this, it was just fun. It was, and I that was great to write. I was so glad you'd ask me, and thank yeah. you so much because I had been writing such depressing stuff <laughs> for like three or four months, and yeah. like my family, my husband, my dad, who's my proofreader, was like, "Wow, I mean, th- these are great, when but like they're really they're dark, they're kind of." <laughs> <laughs> and like you asked me to write that and the idea I got was just this fun idea yeah. and it was like coming up for a breath of fresh air. So thank you. That was good oh, yeah. for my psyche to write that episode. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I kind of decided that I was like the butler or somebody yeah. reading this story. Yeah, it so was so it was so fun. Tremendous. I loved it. She <laughs> said. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> so and you're also going to be writing for The Lift for next season. Yes. Um, yes. I asked you to write the Halloween episode. I know. Thank you. So what's so the big nice. thing with Halloween? I guess I could ask that of any horror writer and I'd probably right? get a very similar answer. <laughs> it, Halloween's always been such a big thing for my family. My parents were married on Halloween back, oh. in, the, back in the early 80s. I always like to point that out because like everybody does it now. But like back yeah. then, nobody did it. And then yeah. both my parents have always been into horror and, and things of, of the macabre. So it's, it's, it's just something that it's always been really fun. Like they've always had a party when I was little. I. I had a party as well, like a little kid's Halloween costume party and every year. So it was just... It's just a good time, and we just love it. So, yeah, I also have my 60 Days of Halloween blog that I do every year. It's got crafts and recipes that almost always go disastrously. I mean, (laughs) I'm not a good cook. I'm like like a bad Martha Stewart. And... You're the macabre version of Martha Stewart. Yeah. See, that should be the theme this year. <laughs> and so it's you know, a very bad thing. It's a very bad thing. I'm not not all that great of a cook. My husband's better, but yeah, I, yeah he's much better. He usually saves our recipes if they're if they're able to be salvaged after I get my get my fingers in them. <laughs> but it is fun, and, and yeah. I put everything up there, whether it whether it succeeds or fails, and try to have fun commentary. So yeah. So that's something to look forward to. That starts when? In September? Yes, September 2nd, I think, every year is when uh-huh. I started in order for it to be 60 days. Otherwise, it would be like 61 days, which doesn't have as good of a ring to it, I don't think. So, <laughs> so it's uh, arts and crafts. It's yes. recipes. Yeah. It's decorating ideas. Yep. Um, is this, is this, do you do videos as well? I do. I don't, I don't record a lot of videos that that might be something we end up doing. I have all the video recording equipment cause mm-hmm. I used to be a filmmaker and we just have yeah. it sitting around cause I'm not really a filmmaker anymore. So I always said filmmaking made me mean. I was not a nice <laughs> director at all. I would get really angry when people wouldn't do what I wanted them to. I still get angry at my characters for not doing what I want yeah. them to do, but at least they're not like sentient. <laughs> I'm not actually making people cry. No. I made people cry on sets. I'm very sorry to those actors. <laughs> I really am. I, I'm a much nicer person now that I'm just a writer and not yeah. a filmmaker. My husband's over there totally nodding like, yeah, yeah, you're a much nicer person as a writer. <laughs> is that is that like all in, in all life or is it just like, or do you feel calmer now? Yeah, I really do all in all. Yeah, I'm, I'm much happier. I mean, I was a screenwriter then, too. I wrote the films, but I just I couldn't bring them well to fruition. I can't direct people. I'm not great with people, especially when I want people to do something. Like, it's just like, just do it. Just figure it out. Like, yeah, that's a great director. (laughs) You know, I have the same problem with Victoria. I can't get her to do anything that I want her to do. She just does her own thing. I have an idea for a story and she's like, nope, that's not like it's it's not not like that at all. Nope. This is what it happened. This is what happened. Um, the, 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 the one that I wrote for, um, 
for the left, my story broken. Um, that was one of the hardest things I've ever had to write in my entire life. She just, I don't know. It, I don't want to sound like one of those crazy people that thinks my character is alive because I do. Um, <laughs> so do but, I, it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, she's just, she like didn't, she was like fighting me the whole way. Yeah. And, and then I get to like a certain part of the story and it's just like, I got very emotional because I was like, huh. I can totally feel what she's feeling here, you know. And, yeah. it's, and it's to me, there's like a there's a great sadness and a great loss in in her story, and just overall, yes. not necessarily yes. just in mine, but yeah. Um, I know Cindy's writing her origin story. Okay, um, we've collaborated quite a bit on that, and she's had a really hard time with that story as well, just because essentially you're writing about someone who was a real living child, and now they're not going to be. Yeah, so you yeah. know what the ultimate end yeah. is. Um, and, and it, 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 it's tough, but, uh, and, and a lot of it was too, is like, she wasn't doing the things that I wanted her to do. It's like, <laughs> this is the way that this is supposed to happen, but no, it's not going to happen that way. Yeah. Um, and I found that, you know, folks that I've asked to collaborate on the lift have had, not everybody, maybe you haven't, but uh, there have been a number of people that have had some interesting experiences writing for her. Um, like my friend, Steve, who draws a lot of her, her he in the very beginning he drew her all the time okay. like constantly and uh he's like oh yeah every once in a while you're talking to me every once in a while i hear a giggle in the next room and there's no kids in there um whenever my sculptor was uh sculpting uh victoria um he said that he would hear he would end up talking in her voice as he was sculpting her <laughs> without great. realizing yeah. it you know yeah um so yeah she's a lot of fun and she is a lot of fun you got to write two stories for her this year yes um one as we as we record this that will be coming out on monday okay um so two days yeah. from now uh, once i get the score and everything in yeah um what was that like have you ever written for in somebody else's universe before? I hadn't. I hadn't. That was a challenge because yeah. you you want you want to know that it's going to fit within within the universe. Also, you are writing somebody else's character, which really freaked me out in a way because I wanted to do her justice. But at yeah. the same time, I I love her so much. <laughs> she seemed to be the easiest part for me to write. It was the I was be the other characters that I was having most trouble with. I just yeah. when when I would get to a Victoria part, I'm like, okay, we're good now. I I, I guess I just love like weird kids that yeah. that have a mind of their own and do their own thing so she she was the fun part to me and and i could see how yeah she she could totally get into you and and really and really bug you as you're writing her she yeah. never bugged me though that's funny like she's i just loved her she's typically very easy for me to write it yeah. was just that one story i yeah. really struggled like but once i got past that part where yeah. you know her emotional i mean because the whole the whole story she's she's dealing with a lot of she's not who she eventually becomes exactly like i was gonna even say that i think you made it easy on us that weren't writing the origin stories because she's she's so alive as yeah. who she is even though obviously she's not supposed to be alive but yeah. in in the building you just get such a sense of who she is right away from even like the little promos that you do and and just you know if it's even like a five second promo like you totally you get you get who she is. Yeah. You understand who she is. So it was easier for those of us who got to write the, the later episodes. <laughs> I imagine it would be really really hard to write the earlier episodes. Yeah, the 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 origin stories are are a little tough. Um, but I mean, I I've, I have all these. I I mean, it, one of the things about her is I don't think I'll ever run out of ideas. That's good. That's and, always nice to feel that way. Yeah, and you know, I mean, next season's going to be a little bit different. Um, and. We're, we're trying to we're we're thinking about doing some stuff in between the seasons, um, obviously, to 
one of the one of the goals I have is to actually pay the writers. Um, <laughs> And uh, we, we have talked a little bit, and I, I think we alluded to this when we talked to you guys all early on about putting together an anthology. Yes, and yes. you know that's one of the things that we want to do is as kind of a a promo for crowdfunding, but also to just publish it and get it out there yeah. because um, there's a different experience between. And we talked a little bit about this before we hit the record button, but there's a different experience when you read a story yes. as opposed to when you hear a story. And yes. you know, some of it I think that goes back to and. A, probably said this a million times on the show, but <laughs> this being the original form of storytelling, Absolutely. you know, there's something very visceral and yes. something that almost genetically we connect with when mm -hmm. you hear someone telling a story yes. and you get lost in it. Exactly. Not that you can't get lost in a good book. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I do think there's something that is almost primal about that experience of, of listening to people. And it was something I remember when I was a teenager before podcasts had become mm -hmm. really, really big as as big as they are, I feel like now. And some people were doing them, you know, 15 years ago, but yeah. I remember lamenting that it was like back in like the 30s and 40s and you'd have radio dramas yeah. and we had nothing like that anymore. And it always made me really sad because I always felt that this was the the real format of storytelling. So it's exciting to me to see how much podcasts are, are really, really taking off and people really respond yeah. to them. And I love being involved in them because, like I said, <laughs> this is something I was always so sad that I, I couldn't live through yeah. and see, you know, some people telling stories. Yeah. So, so what's it like for you, uh, audience? This is not me trying to toot my own horn. This is just me <laughs> curious in because I've had it happen for me one time. Whenever, whenever I was still a fan, I'm still a fan. But when I was only a fan of the Wicked Library, and I was just a listener, um, and I knew Nelson a little bit, uh, he did one of. Well, I think I knew him relatively decently well at that point. Um, certainly nothing like going through an entire season of collaborating yeah. with him, you yeah. know, as the executive producer where he's not directly involved, mm -hmm. but I bounce a lot of stuff off of him. Yeah. Um, but at any rate, he did one of my stories called gray and red, which um, was from season five. And it was a very surreal experience to hear yeah. what I had written actually come to life. And some of the choices that he made in terms of the way that the characters sounded yes. and, and the way that, the, the speed of certain parts of the story were uh, the music choices and things like that. So it was like hearing it brand new again, yes. you know? Um, so what's that been like for you? You've had it happen one, two, three, three times so far, right? Four coming up. Yeah. Four through wicked library and, and the lift. And then I've had two or three elsewhere. I know it's like, I'm cheating on the wicked library. Oh, that's all right. And the lift. So far, all of the experiences have been have been really good. It, yeah. It's all because there have been times that I've heard just, you know, other audiobooks of other books. <laughs> and I'm like, that's totally not how I imagined it. I, I love Shirley Jackson's We Have Always Lived in the Castle and the audiobook I got. I hate it. Yeah. I, I just felt like it totally missed the point of the whole book. <laughs> and that was actually very upsetting for me. I'm like, how could you miss the point of this whole book? Yeah. But I've been very, very happy with everything that people have done so far with with my stories. But I also agree that I, I like it when there are just these moments that I'm like, I would never have interpreted it that way. But yeah. it so works. And I love seeing that somebody would, would take that tone of voice or have that sort of approach. Because so often, like when I think of things, I'm like way too hardcore and I'm a little too <laughs> aggressive about things. I try not to be in everyday life, but I kind of am a little bit. Obviously, we we're just talking about how I made people cry on the sets of my movie. Like people are <laughs> be like wow this Gwendolyn's so crazy that's why she's doing these submission roundups and interviews on her blog she's trying yeah. to uh, trying to atone for all of her her past <laughs> <laughs> but 
I, I like it when there is a little bit more sensitivity and, 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 you know, that, that sort of vulnerability that sometimes I, I feel like I don't write as well. But apparently it is in there. There's apparently a subtext of it if people can find it. Right. So I'm like, you know, maybe I'm a, maybe I'm a really good writer and I just don't. Well, you're a really good writer. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I like finding the subtext, and, and yeah. I, I mean it's something that I think doing this for as long as I have, it's something that I've actually acquired a skill at is finding that hidden layer yes. that even yes. sometimes the author might not be aware yeah, of. Um, absolutely. And and I had a conversation with Jane Yolen, who is um, she's America's Hans Christian Anderson, they call her, or as she calls herself, America's Hans Jewish Anderson, um, <laughs> and she uh, had said that she wrote a story. At one point, she gave it to her husband to read, and her husband's like, "Wow, I'm I'm really sorry that you had this kind of relationship with your father." And she's like, "That's not about me." Yeah. And he's like, "Well, yeah, actually." And she's like, "Yeah, actually, it is about you know, <laughs> you know, her not being accepted for who she was yeah. and, and that sort of thing." And you know, I think that I've I've found that myself in writing is that there's things there that I didn't even realize I was yeah. putting on paper. Yeah. And, and other people pick up on it immediately. Yeah. They're like, oh, this is about. And I'm like. Oh yeah, I guess it is about that. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. So yeah, we don't bleed onto the page. No, that, not at all. And that that may be the other reason why we get so hurt sometimes when people are like, "Well, this just sucks." Yeah. So I always think it's funny when people are like, "Oh, it's not personal," and I'm like, "There's not much more personal than writing." Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with saying, "Hey, it's it's a little personal." Right. That's fine. I'm I would be better with that than being like, "Oh, rejections, they're never personal. <laughs> they are personal. Come on, right. guys, they're personal. It's okay. That doesn't make them any better or worse, yeah. but at least." call them what they are it's personal <laughs> so what are your what are some of the challenges that you have when you sit down to write and how do you overcome those i mean i personally don't believe in writer's block um i, I think you just write until it until it works you yeah know, you, you kind of work through it or maybe it's not the story that you're supposed to write at that I, moment i think that happens a lot there are times that i i try to write something like yeah it's just not happening one of my biggest problems is that I, I hate having a bad first draft, even though I recognize they're all bad. It, it's this thing that I'm like, I want a really good first draft this time, and it never happens. And like, I've had, with this novel that I've been writing, because I mean, the first draft is, there's a lot of good in it. There's a lot of stuff I'm going to be able to use, I think, through the final draft, but there's a lot of stuff I'm going to have to change. I've actually had to go back to some of my favorite stories and look at first drafts and be like, wow, this was crap. This was terrible. No one should have ever, ever read this. And I actually sent this to some beta readers and I am so sorry for them, you know, and so it's it's reminding myself that even the stuff that I feel like I've done that has that has been really good yeah. wasn't good early on. It was really quite terrible. I, I just was looking at one of my stories, the 10 things to know about the 10 questions that that got into nightmare. I, I just looked at the first draft yesterday. I'm like, oh, wow, I actually started it with that line. That was a terrible line. Why would I ever do that? And I didn't ultimately. <laughs> I obviously ultimately realized, oh, that's a terrible first line. Let's get yeah. rid of that. But at some point, I thought, oh, that, that'll work. So I just have to remind myself the first drafts are, are invariably awful. I, I mean. Yeah, I just had a conversation with um, Sebastian Bendix, who is the author for the most recent Wicked Library. And he, he said exactly that. He's like, yeah. that was his big advice is give yourself permission to write a terrible first yes. draft. He's like, because yes. if my, he's like, whenever I write my first drafts, he's like, it's like somebody who doesn't even know how to write. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's exactly like that for me as well. I'm like, wow, it's like I have no idea how to put a sentence on paper. Yeah. And it's all, all the reactions are she shrugs, he shrugs. Like, yeah. that's not good. But I'm like, eh. It gives me an idea of where the right. character's at, and I can go back and refine it later. And and I, I always think of the advice of a, a bad first draft is easier to edit than no first draft. You know, that's correct. Something bad is easier to edit than a blank page, but ah, uh, it's hard. 
hard. It's hard. It is. I mean, I struggle with that too. It's, it's the, uh, and I think I've gotten better since I started doing short work, but I used to write and I found out later that this is like the Dean Koontz method. It's like work on one page until you have it perfect, then move to the next. Yeah. And that's the way I used to try to do it. And man, I'll tell you, that just burns you out. That's it. Cause I, I've tried to do that. And with some of the times that I've tried to, to start novels, I'll just keep trying to rework the first chapter. And <laughs> I, I just can't because I don't even know where this story is necessarily going to right. go. I might have a broad idea, but I don't know all the nuances of it yet. So trying to get something perfect before I know the entire arc of everything is. It's it's madness. So yeah. I'm like, you know, just keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> just, yeah. Now, are you a pantser or do you outline? I do a little bit of both. Yeah. You know, I tend to have an idea for it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try to try to have at least a broad idea of where it goes. But if it decides to go in a different direction to sort of let it, you know, organically develop. Yeah. <laughs> that makes it sound so much better than what it is, which just means I have no idea. Sometimes <laughs> Going to be very organic. It's just going to happen on its own. It's yes. You know, it's going to work out just it's the way. Work. It's going to be perfect. <laughs> it's very artistic. Is what it is. <laughs> so, um, what are some of the things that you've done recently that folks would be interested in, in finding and seeking out? Oh. Well, obviously, my lift episodes. Well, of course. So of course. Everybody knows about those because we've been talking about them. But just right. in case you haven't, I, I <laughs> like like we've already talked about, Cindy did such a great job with Girl Alone at Play. That was yeah. that was so good. I was so excited about I sat that. in the chair where you were and then <laughs> sat there and cried as she was oh, reading it. So She just really yeah. hit that out of the park. I yeah. was so, so excited. And I'm very excited to hear Storks and Candy. And I'm terrible because the, the title is long and I have it written down in front of me. And I totally <laughs> glanced at it. I had to glance at my own title. Way to go, Gwen. It's, but- <laughs> it's you know, that's the first two words. It works. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so that there's those. And then I think I said earlier, I'm in the uh, latest issue of Shimmer with mm-hmm. my story, my fairy tale, my dark fantasy fairy tale. Oh. All the red apples have withered to gray. It's sort of a sort of a play on on snow white a little bit oh. yeah, so it's, it's it's pretty dark it's it's i don't want to say fun it's probably not fun but it's fun in its own way i guess yeah. if you like really dark stuff so i'm well, very excited about that i love dark fairy tales yes so do I. that's kind of the original way exactly, that they were built, so. exactly so i feel like it's very very natural for them so i'm i'm excited about that and let's see I will have a story that should be coming out next week in Bracken Magazine. It's a new uh, magic realism uh, publication. It's going to be the first issue, and that story is called Through Earth and Sky. That one's really exciting. It's- so that's what, the last week of March? Yes, it okay. should. It, they said it should be coming out on Monday. You know, it could get pushed back a little bit, but in the By next the couple of weeks. By the time this airs, you guys will be able to find it. Very, very possibly. Very possibly. Yeah. But if not, you know, it is the first issue, so those those things can take time. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's exciting. And I'm sure there's other things I should Well, tell me a little bit about Shadows of Autumn. A shadow of autumn. Shadow it it of is autumn. a singular shadow. It's only one. It's it's got multiple stories, but there's only one shadow in it. Exactly. So are all stories about this shadow? No, no. Oh, it, it's it's just, it was very uh, broadly defined as, gotcha. as Halloween and fall stories. I was fine if it just took place in the fall. It didn't necessarily have to be on, on apples Halloween. and leaves. <laughs> exactly. Dust, exactly. All that so, kind of stuff. Yeah, I think I think it was fourteen authors. 
Yeah, my husband's like, yes, because he helped out extensively with it. So it's like seared into his brain. He's probably <laughs> still traumatized <laughs> because he did the illustrations for it. It was like, I'm like, okay. Oh, you're an illustrator, are yes, you? Yes, he, he is. He is. And ah. I, I was, I was so terrible to him. Like, well, you have an open invitation to, uh, to, to send work in for the Wicked Library Aww. or, or the Lyft if you'd like. Aww. We can talk about that. <laughs> later if you like but you know i'm always about trying to get folks exposed oh yeah sounds terrible um always <laughs> trying to get exposure <laughs> for for new artists and new writers and that's kind of like the the core mission of, of yes. wicked library yes. and, and really kind of the way i see the core mission of the lift too is yes. to introduce people to new writers new artists new mm-hmm. composers that they haven't heard yeah. before so yeah um but anyway uh a shadow of autumn yes well I'm- <laughs> the singular so, shadow of the autumn. The singular shadow of autumn, because yeah. I really wanted it to feel at least a little bit collaborative with the uh-huh. with the authors. So they each got a, an original illustration for their story, but I also let them choose. So I had my uh-huh. husband do like two to three illustrations for each one, but like he his wow. rough drafts are, are very rough, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I was like, no, they need to be more refined than this. So there's this poor guy <laughs> over here. He had to do it like in like a week. He had to do. I mean, how many sketches? It was unbelievable. Like thirty to forty sketches, and wow. he was like. Uh, and like obviously they weren't inked or anything because we would just send them to the authors right. and be like you know just choose which one that you you like best and everything but yeah boy my poor my poor husband so that's why he's over there like yes there were 14 authors i remember this <laughs> i did 45 illustrations yes. <laughs> and only 14 of them got used Oh, poor husband. Poor, he's the person I make cry now. Yeah. Yeah, I no longer have actors on my set. Now I'm just mean to my husband. Awesome. That's why he doesn't have a microphone. He'd scream for help. That's right. She's, well, yeah, I, I, I should come clean. Gwendolyn sent me a message. She's like, by no means do you give that man a microphone to sit here and say things against what I'm saying. Yes. No, just kidding. Honestly, though, at the end of it, it, it was honestly, it was a great experience doing the anthology. It was a lot of fun, and it and it challenged me to to think differently. Like yeah. we were talking about editing, and to really think, you know, how do I have, how do I curate something? Because it was important to me, even the order that the stories went in, yeah. and and really having wanting it to almost feel like you know a concept album in a way. Like when right. you're when you're talking about music, I, I love I love old like vinyl albums, and thinking about really trying to create something that sort of tells a story even mm-hmm. through through the order of the stories. So, right. And I like to think that there was like a lot of different types of stories in there, you know, more gory horror to, to really kind of softer or even a couple things weren't maybe horror. They were just sort of a little bit fantasy or with a few fantasy elements. So it was, I tried to get a lot of different uh, genres within speculative in there and i was very happy with it i thought it turned out very well i don't think there are any typos in it that's something that really bothers me (laughs) is when people put things out and there's like 20 typos in them so it was like we were so so careful like there were like five of us reading it like every single thing and i I actually asked people even once it would they purchase sticks i'm like i could always go back and fix it and even people have like mfas were reading it and we're like yeah i didn't see any typos so that's like i want to brag about that i I think you could buy that book and there would be no typos typo free you cannot say that about a lot of books, no. which is sort of surprising to me. I'm like, that's that's like our basic duty as authors and yeah. editors is to not have typos. So it's I mean, I understand it to a certain <clears throat> point because it's like your mind wants to see what it wants yes. to see. Yes. And you're so used to seeing the word the in a sentence. Yes. If it's not there, yeah. your brain kind of fills it in. Yeah. 
Um, and one of the things that I learned early on when I was doing freelance work and, and writing for, you know, the Trib and, and the Post Gazette was if I read my article backwards, yes. I catch things. Yes. And so I, I still do that. And I still occasionally miss something, but there's a lot less. Sometimes I'd be like, how did I miss that this was not in this yeah. sentence? Yeah. Or the is at the end of this paragraph or at the end of this break and then down at the <laughs> beginning here. It's in there. Tw- how did I miss that? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so and, it's and like it's I said, I, I forgive one or two, but I mean, I've had I've seen big, big named anthologies that have like 20 typos in them. And I'm like, oh, come on now. Come on. It takes people out of it. It's like one <laughs> yes. or two you can deal with. But that many is upsetting. But <laughs> it is. It's totally upsetting to me. I'm like, we 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 owe our readers better yes. than this. No, I so, agree. But it was a great experience during during an anthology. And it was great to to bring everybody together and, and try to. Try to build a sense of like camaraderie, like, yay, we're in this together, guys. I don't know if they felt like that. I mean, I'm sure some of them did. I'm sure if some of them listened to it, like, yeah, go ahead. I was just mad at you by the end of it. I hope I didn't make anybody cry this time. That's my goal. I hope I made no one cry. Much. (laughs) Much, much. A little one or two tears. Just a single, a single Single tear. tear. Like the Indian when he sees you throwing trash on his land. You have the single tear going down there. Gwendolyn didn't like my character. I, have to I don't think I said that to anybody. Yeah. Though. I actually did like all the characters. So that's it's awesome. Good. Yeah, that is. It's good because I solicited <laughs> from people. Yeah. A couple of the stories were reprints, but most of them were brand new. And so it's always scary because you're like, oh, wow, what if somebody sends me something and I totally hate it? And then I have to be like, no, I'm sorry. And then somebody is really sad. That's always scary if you get yeah. invited to something and then you're like, oh, no, what if I – because you can still get rejected. I've oh, heard yeah. of that happening. It could happen oh, yeah. almost as likely as if you just submit to a slush pile. Right. So it's it, that's very scary. I didn't do that. Nobody nobody was rejected. All the stories from the authors that I asked, everybody came through with great stuff. So that's very It's scary. just illustrations that got rejected. No <laughs> stories, right? We knew that going into it, though. At least that was part of the the setup. Uh, see, we don't we don't do that here at the Wicked Library. We just I'm just like here's your artwork. <laughs> I, I work with some very very talented artists, though. So I, I I'm I'm pleased that so far no one or they've just been too kind. Yeah, that's uh, always say, the thing. I always wonder if people at the end of it are like, yeah, hmm. <laughs> Great. I like, yeah, that one is fantastic. I'll take that one. Yeah. Hey, Connie, guess what happened? I got somebody illustrated my story. It's so awful. I I had to say yes to one. You didn't think you were coming here to get beat up today, did you? Poor Bill. husband bill <laughs> oh it's all in love right we're jesting um so where can we find a shadow of autumn well we have a website a shadow of autumn.com and then you can ah. also buy it on amazon so yeah and make sure you share your links correctly yes oh yeah i had that article out there that was people. awesome by the way oh, i i've used that at least four times now oh good yeah, yeah. because i i keep forgetting i'm like how do i do this again and i'll, I'll google it you know <laughs> And I put your last name in, and then yeah. I put Amazon links, and it comes up in Google, yeah. and I'm like, okay, this is how I do it. So so go – I'll put a link to it in the show notes okay. because I thought it was very informative. And yeah. um, apparently someone was offended by that, right? <laughs> yes. What the hell? Somebody sent me hate mail saying it was wrong, which honestly 
Obviously, Amazon doesn't tell people no. exactly what their algorithms are. This no. was just a theory that I read somewhere else that made a lot of sense as to yeah. why they might be remo- removing reviews. Right. And so I just put it up there and said, if nothing else, the links look nicer if they're if they're shorter. And right. that, that was what I had said. And somebody got really upset and like, you're totally wrong. They like contacted me through my <laughs> website and was like, you are totally wrong. And this is just ridiculous. And I'm like, oh, OK. I mean, I'm not going to respond to the person yeah. because like there's no. I don't feed the troll. It, exactly. Do not feed exactly. the troll. And I was just like, you know, I mean, it could be wrong. I I never said absolutely. I even said in there, you know, this is a theory. But again, like, it's just a theory. And Amazon doesn't have to tell us anything as to how they do things. But if there's ways that we might be able to get around them removing legitimate reviews, that would be that would be nice. It would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. So. I had one of my reviews taken down. See, that's so upsetting. It is, because really I spent like upsetting. an hour writing it. See, oh, and, and, that's awful. And, and the thing about it is, oh. the only thing that makes any sense to me is it's, hey, you know what? I have a podcast. It's for a book called Carrot Field, and it's by Vincent Asaro. And uh, I am going to be narrating the audiobook version. Okay. Uh, and I disclosed that in my in my review. Oh. Um because I figured, hey, here's the truth, yeah. but this does not impact the fact that – and then I went on to write my review. Yeah. Um, because I did that with uh, – well, I'm not even going to say it. I, yeah. I did that with an, I did it with another review, and it's still up. So You don't even want to say it because right. like, that'll totally jinx it, and then they'll be like, that's it. We're, we're, we're taking it down. Yeah, so I was very frustrated, and I actually yeah. called and, and talked to someone in uh, Singapore or wherever the customer service calls go, and they had no idea what I was – they're like, oh well, here we'll tell you how to write a review. I'm like, no, you uh, don't understand. Yeah. So I finally did get somebody in the United States on the phone to talk to them, and uh, they couldn't help me. Uh, and that's just it. I don't think that they even. I don't think, I don't think most of. Well, I think some of them don't care, but then I yeah. think a lot of them are in the dark as much as the rest of us are as to why Amazon removes things. So it's like, yeah, we can't help you. We don't know. I mean, we yeah. have no idea why somebody took this down, and that department's probably not going to tell you because they you know, they don't want to give you work around. Right. So, so I mean, honestly, I think that's probably the only reason they say that you know you're not really technically allowed to review books for friends or people that you have a relationship. But I mean, everybody has relationships with everybody yeah. else because of social media. I mean, we live they in a very different world. They yeah. don't understand how incestuous this business oh my is. Gosh, it is. It so is. It's, it's everybody funny. knows everybody. Like, oh, you know that guy. Yeah. Oh, I know that guy. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you'd never get any reviews. Well, exactly. I mean, they just get some. But yeah, yeah, I mean, there's also this conspiracy theory that it's because the the big publishers are angry because you know independent <sighs> yeah. independent authors are actually getting some traction finally, and, and yeah. we've actually built Amazon by being independent authors. Yes. And yes. now they're like, well, let's just take that good review away. Yeah. So maybe that's the maybe that's the advice is never rate anything higher than a four because if you rate it a five, <laughs> then they're gonna everybody's be like, gonna be suspicious. Oh, five. Oh, yeah, I see. You're just trying to that. boost his sales. So <laughs> So what's your website? Uh Gwendolynkeist.com. And you're on Twitter. I am at Gwendolyn Keist. And you're on Facebook. Yeah, I think it's just facebook.com slash Gwendolyn Keist. And there's going to be links to all this fun stuff Yay. in the show notes. And uh, aside from the novel that you're working on, and uh, you have another short story coming out next week. Yes. What, what's what's the plan for this year? What, what do you have uh, coming up this oh, for the rest my. of the summer, the rest of the season, <laughs> going into autumn, oh. into with all the shadows in on all the time. shadows maybe it'll be shadows next time if there, we see, do a follow up yeah shadows. it's like alien to aliens now it's a shadow of autumn to shadows of autumn yeah, yeah. and then <laughs> and then the third one will be even more shadows <laughs> i love it <laughs> 
I love it. I don't think I'm going to be editing another anthology this year. Scarlett Algy keeps trying to tell me that I should, but... Well, maybe you can help me edit The Lift Volume 1. <laughs> Ooh. Um, let's see. So hopefully finishing the novel. Yay. Hopefully. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I have a couple short stories still looking for homes. So fingers crossed that they'll they'll find those good homes out there. And I'm trying to think of what's coming up down the road. Night Script Volume 2. Uh-huh. I, have, I have a story in there. My story, Reasons I Hate My Big Sister, is in there. It's uh, body horror with teenage <laughs> girls, which totally makes sense. I mean, I think body <laughs> horror with teenage girls is like, yes, yeah. that, that is just ready-made. So I'm really excited about that. That comes out in October, I think. So that's at least something to look forward to. Because I don't know how many short stories I'm going to be writing this year if I'm trying to get the novel done. So I'm like, okay, I've got Night Script. It's coming up down the road. I feel like I have something to look forward to the rest of the year. So I'm excited about that one. And 60 Days of Halloween will be coming up in September. So I've got yeah. that. And it'll be here before you know it. Oh, it will. It will. Because we're almost in April now. I know. So, this year's yeah, flying it is, by. It is flying by. It's kind of freaking me out. I'm like, slow down, year. Slow down. <laughs> got too much stuff to do. <laughs> I got too much stuff to do. I'll have the lift episode yeah. for, for Halloween. So. Yeah, a lot of things here and there. I think by the end of the year, I'll be like, I didn't do too bad. Yeah. Right now, I feel like I haven't had nearly enough stuff because that's how I always am. And then I'll at the end of the year, I'll be like, oh, I didn't do too bad. I was yeah. all right. <laughs> so you you were going to do something for the Shadows of the Door anthology. Yes, yes, I had to, I had to pass. Yep, timing didn't work out for it, sadly. Yeah, I'm still trying to help out with some promotion for that. Though. That that looks like it's going to be such a great it anthology. Does, it? Yeah, it does. It does. I'm going to be narrating it too. Oh, are you? Because you have a story in it too, right? I do. I That's wrote a story for really it. And I get exciting. to narrate it. Yeah. Yeah. So Very that'll cool. be fun. Very cool. Yay! I hope it gets done because the. I mean, Mark and I talk quite a bit and, yeah. I, and I know kind of what he has planned for the book and it's yeah. going to be one of those real hefty yeah. book books you yes. know I mean like the traditional with the ribbon and all that fun yeah. stuff I mean it's it, it and and Barney uh Baduano who, who does the is doing the illustrations mm-hmm. for it is phenomenal yeah um I like yeah that'll be the part that that Bill wants is you know he just <laughs> flip through for the illustrations <laughs> Okay. Well, I do thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. We'll have to definitely do it again sometime. And, uh, I don't know where I'm going at this point. It's like, <laughs> I can never finish anything. I just get I know, to the end and I'm I just know, like, and, it's just and now what? That's all, yep, that's how I am. Like, oh, but no, man. seriously, thank you so much for coming in and, and, and hanging out and, uh, you know, for working on the lift and, and everything. I really, really appreciate all the work you've done and, and you helped out with editing one of the stories yes. too. Yeah, so. there wasn't much to edit though. She did a great job. She did so. a fantastic She's job. Awesome. It's one of my one of my favorite stories this year. Yes, that's Scarlet's story. Yay, yes. Scarlet, Scarlet. Hello, Scarlet. Scarlet's my buddy. I love Scarlet. I'm always like messaging her on Facebook. Well, we'll like, have to something... get her on the show too. Yeah, she's all the way down in Tennessee though. We can I'm do like, it via Skype. That's true. And I'm like, I don't even know what Scarlet sounds like. It weirds me out. Like I've I've probably exchanged thousands upon thousands of instant messages and emails with her, and I've never talked to her on the phone. I've talked to Brooklyn before, Brooklyn Mora, who's also on the lift. Yeah, I call her sometimes on the phone. I'm like Brooklyn.
societies rise and societies fall. When the time comes, one society steps forward to build a better future. The Wicked Library, Kettle Whistle Radio, Night Story Podcast, Prog Watch, Red Horse Radio, The Lift, History Goes Bump, Listen, The M Writing Podcast, Society 13, Rebuilding Society, one podcast at a time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 